underestimate the power of this heat every time I come over here. We can't really blame COVID for any of this. We've just been busy teaching, so. Sorry for the delay. But yes. <laughs> but we're back at calls. it again before spooky season, so Woo! yay for that. Thank you to our constant listeners and new listeners. Like Republic of Lithuania. Welcome, guys. Um, we're still day hunters, but now we can add to that list legitimate ghost hunters because we had our first overnight stay. I don't know why I got really country with that. Overnight stay. <laughs> Overnight stay. Because <laughs> you were in Seguin, Texas. <laughs> in Mag- at the Magnolia uh, Hotel, and it was, well, we'll get to that. Yes, it was 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> yes. Go stay there if you're interested in any of those things. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, we also have a new logo we do guys it's going to be posted on our Redbubble, so please go to our Redbubble page put normal paranormal podcast in and you can check out our merch um this logo was designed by my very talented brother um it's amazing his original design and i'm so happy about it and yeah we're, we just love it so check it out Redbubble. you can see it on our instagram page when we post it there and facebook and twitter and we both now have Ghostbusters costumes, <laughs> except those are actually our uniforms. <laughs> so if you want us to come to your house and banish anything and everything. Before we, we get any that. evidence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't need evidence. We'll just banish it. No worries. So let me give you guys a little history. And this is not my writing. This is from the Magnolia Hotel site. So I do not have an... MLA citation as I should as the proper English teacher, but it is the Magnolia Hotel's site. So the Magnolia Hotel began as a two-room log cabin built in in 1840 by James Campbell, who was one of the original Texas Rangers who bravely fought against the Mexican Army and Comanches for Texas independence. Camp now history is written by the victors. Yeah, interesting. Campbell was also one of the three co-founders of Seguin. He had a huge basement built under the log cabin that was used as an Indian raid uh, shelter and jail. And if you do the tour, which we did not do the tour, you can go down into that basement. So I do want to go back and do the tour because people see shadow figures down there and it's just very Not just down there, though. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, this jail would be labeled the worst jail in all of Texas. They After Campbell all, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> participated in the bloody battle of the council house fight in San Antonio, he was then targeted by the Comanches seeking revenge. A few weeks later, he was brutally murdered by the Comanches. Well, Carmen. He was stabbed 27 <laughs> times, scalped, robbed of his horse, and left for dead. When his fellow Texas Rangers went looking for him, they found his mutilated body and buried him in an unmarked grave not far from the cabin. I underestimate the power of this heat every time I come over here. Now, why would they leave him in an unmarked grave? He didn't deserve a mark. Apparently. 
1850, Dr. William Sims Reed and William Carpenter became the next owners of the property. Reed and Carpenter experienced the frantic Indian raid. Frantic. That's an, inter- that's an interesting yeah. word mm-hmm. choice. Yeah. On July 4th, ironic, where three men were kidnapped in Seguin. The panicked women and children were forced to scramble and hide inside the dark, damp Indian raid shelter. While the rangers set off to kill the Indians and rescue the kidnapped men, the women and children in the shelter made bullets and sharpened knives to pass the frightening moments. I mean, what skill set do you have to... I know. How do they already know how to... These, yeah. Like the three-year-olds are like, shh, 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 sharpen you their knives. You know, we talked to you, little Johnny. Mom, I made my ten bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Can I play now? <laughs> During 1874, the Magnolia Hotel was known as the inn that housed New Braunfels' most heinous murderer. After checking into the Magnolia, a man rode his horse to New Braunfels and attempted to rob a local pharmacy. Hmm, what do you want? When nothing was found, he crept to the back of the building where the pharmacist's family lived. The robber could see gold jewelry lying on the end table, then sneaked inside to steal it. A female family friend, Helene, was staying the night and heard a noise that woke her. The robber quickly slashed the eyes of the woman with a hatchet so that he could not be identified. Then he stepped over to the sleeping 12-year-old girl, Emma, struck her in the head, killing her. Then he rode back to the hotel and calmly crawled into his bed. With no eyewitnesses or physical proof, the husband of the woman blinded, William was arrested, convicted, and later murdered by the 12-year-old girl's father. I would have done the same. Seriously. Four years later, the actual murderer confessed of his crime on his deathbed. It was he who had stayed at the Magnolia and murdered the young girl. In 2012, it was placed on Texas' most endangered list by the Texas Preservation. After seeing a video about the hotel's destined demise on March 3rd, 13, 2013, it was rescued by the Gettys, Gettys, wishing to restore the hotel to its original 1850s heyday. During their restoration, the building exploded with paranormal activity, causing the loss of contractors and bringing the restoration to a halt. I don't know what they saw Oh gosh, I don't even know. The owners refuse to allow the, co- the spirits to stop their progress and have grown to coexist with the numerous spirits that still reside in the building's walls. With the assistance of a well-known Texas psychic and the owner's ability to communicate with the spirits, along with her knowledge and history research, 13 spirits have been identified. Hmm, kind of like 13 ghosts. Which honestly, still it's kind of really upset scary. They didn't have that. Yeah. I know, they should have done that also. Suggestion. Now the Magnolia Hotel has become extremely sought after by paranormal researchers, investigators, and TV shows. It's been featured on the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures and Ghost Adventures Aftershock and Nick Groff's Tour, the Discovery Channel's When Ghosts Attack, Destination America's Ghost Brothers. Yeah. And we love you, Ghost Brothers. If we could ever, like, Shout out to the Ghost Brothers. Yes, they're just, I just love them. Anyone can get us in touch with them. That would be awesome. Uh, the Day Tripper and PBS show called Strange Town, which we watched, and they're also from Texas. So we would also love to talk to you guys to see how you uh, got all your connections going. And if I had watched your show prior, I would not have booked to stay here because I would have been too scared. <laughs> it was great. But now it's featured on Normal Paranormal Podcast. What's up? All right. So, um,. We went to Seguin, so the drive there was pretty good. It was pretty short. Stopped along the way at, you know, Bucky's, as of one course. does when you're traveling in Texas anywhere. Why not? 
Um, yeah, that place is. We in- could do a whole episode of the cult of Bucky's because that is supernatural. We really could. You know what? Later episode, episode three, maybe four. Who knows? It's like a portal. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> so we're driving. And everything is fine, but then we get closer to the exit for um, Seguin, and we start driving into the town, and we realize there's no one here. There's no one in this town, at least no one that we could see. We saw cars, no people, and we could only assume they were there to work because um, as the evening went on, the cars left, and so did the people, and it was quiet. Like we saw cars passing through the town, but not staying in town. It was a literal ghost town, and I had no idea there would be no one around <laughs> to help us <laughs> if we needed help. No one to hear. Like it was a bustling town in in the middle of the day when people are at work or doing whatever. But as soon as like six seven p.m. hit, they were gone, and there was no one around. Like you could hear every little eerie. sound. Like, I thought Mineral Wells was eerie. I think Seguin tops it. Seguin definitely tops it because it's just, I mean, you'd have to go for yourself to experience it. But trust us when we say it was basically a ghost town. Yeah, don't go alone. Don't, yeah, don't go alone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do any of this stuff alone. Yeah, please. A little cautionary tale there. So we went in, and it's beautiful. The, The restoration outside, I mean, it's just, it's very well done. And it's interesting because you go in and it has two sides. So like they were saying, the, the, the building kind of stopped halfway through the renovation. And it's literally half of it, at least the upstairs part, which is what we had access to. We have access to the entire second floor, which was super cool. And half of it is renovated. Half of it is unrenovated. So the unrenovated half does not have air conditioning. I underestimate the power of this heat every time I come over here. And again, we are in Texas. When did we go? Was it August? Yeah. We're fools. We went in August. <sighs> so the temperature's in the hundreds. And, you know, you can't really open these windows there. And what's the point? It's 100 degrees outside. So whenever you would cross over to that side, cross over to the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, just instantly sweating. Blazing inferno. So that was interesting to see. And it was just... The the paint was peeling. I mean, they had like the wallpaper still kind of there. Just, I mean, the atmosphere was just very late eighteen hundreds. You know, very. as as it should be. And the renovated side was just beautiful. Yeah. Um. You know, it was. It didn't seem that scary during the day. Oh, not, the day not, was, neither side yeah. felt that scary during the day. But gorgeous. Just the contrast <laughs> between the two was just so well done. Um. So we were supposed to stay, of course, on the renovated side. So we got there and we put our bags down. And, you know, each si- each room had a little sign, you know, as to what had happened in each room. So you really had no escape from the paranormal. Yeah, you turned. Everywhere you turn, you're just like, oh, there's a story for this room, too. So <laughs> we walked up and we went in. And the first thing that one of our friends noticed was the door to the other side, which in my mind, I had been imagining it like down a long corridor and we have to walk there and you open it up and then you're in the, the unrenovated side. But the door to the unrenovated side in our side was like right 
there, like right outside the bedroom. Right next to the bedrooms. And I'm just like, mm, that that makes it real. That makes it real. <laughs> and our friends went with us, and we ended up with the bedroom closest to that door to the other side. Yes, and Thanks in that lot. lovely bedroom, um, a man was strangled. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they ever caught the person who did it. Nope. And in the room that our friends were supposed to stay in, um, Amelia's room, um, she died peacefully, so that's nice. Natural causes, so old age. So that one wasn't as bad. But the living area, the living room, someone committed suicide in that area. By cutting his throat from ear to ear. Ear to ear. So they had to include that detail and imagery. Yeah, and that's first of all, that's commitment, especially back then. And it's gruesome. Like, that's a lot to take in. So we had to take in. We could stand in one spot in the renovated area and look to all three of these areas Mm -hmm. and just take it all in. Like, one died peacefully, one was strangled, one murdered, like, by his own hand. But it was so beautiful. It was like being in in a grandma's house. It was. They had all the dishes. rocking chair. Yeah, which rocks on its own. Luckily, we didn't see that. <laughs> it may have happened, but we didn't see it. There's a lovely armoire um, when you go into the area leading to the bathroom. And I did make the mistake of saying that it reminded me of The Conjuring. I don't know why you do that. And the armoire that was in that, <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that had the Sheba at the top of it before she attacked the daughter. Yeah, that was that was what I was getting from that lovely armoire. But I shouldn't have said that out loud, so... <laughs> So we read all the stuff and we had all the ghost equipment and we're like, okay, let's go over to the other side. Let's do this. And, um, it was about like four o'clock, <laughs> so you know, broad daylight. I'm like, okay. Yeah. We were still so, committed to the day. day I'm hunting. so brave right yeah. now. Cause I can see everything. <laughs> and we, so we go over there and you know, they have other rooms there too. Of course, every room there has a story. You've got Rosebud, the prostitute. That's quite the interesting name. Very. If I ever were on the circuit, it was Pink Rosebud. Pink Rosebud actually. Was her full so name, yeah. you know that's kind of you know. On we the get nose. we get that we get that. <laughs> <laughs> Not very subtle. And she had some kind of thing where she like I don't know killed a teacher or something. And yes, we were reading didn't... her story, and Janice is like, "We're teachers," <laughs> and we're like, "Shh, I don't Janice, know what came over me." What do you what? She's going to kill us in our sleep. So, you know, we had that room over there. And then you had um, Itsy's room, which was a little girl who had died. What had she died of? Was it like yellow fever? Something like that. Something Something awful. Some illness of the time. Yeah. And she had to stay in this room because it was also a boarding house. And this hotel had gone through all these different phases. And before it was renovated, it it was full of a lot of, like, I don't know. Unsavory individuals. Yeah, Yeah. degenerate people before they actually purchased it. Yeah. And she said they had found all these, like, needles. And so just the energy there, they really had to try to turn it around. And even before then, the story that we heard about the place as a boarding house, of course, um, before it was completely abandoned, um, there's a story of Itzy's mom telling her, like, just in case anyone ever tries to get into this room where you are, this is where you should hide. And it's like a little cubby where she was to hide if anyone tried to get in, which means the place had already had a reputation of just housing some unsavory individuals. So yeah, lots of uh, coming and going literally. Yes. 
But yeah, just really sad. The, the the children's stories, of course, always get me the most. So, but she didn't seem to really want to talk to us, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she was being shy. Maybe she was in her little cubby there. Um, our friend Wendy did feel a cold spot when she went in there, um, but I think otherwise, Itsy, named after the song Itsy Bitsy Spider, that some people hear um, when they go there. Um, so they had her room, and then the murderer's room. So as in the history, this was the murderer who sliced the woman in her eyes to blind her and then killed young Emma in her bed. And then he came back to the Magnolia and apparently just went right to sleep. So his room is there. And supposedly he feels guilty about it. Supposedly. Supposedly. So if you hang out in his room long enough, you know, he will start to become active. Of course, we didn't stay very long. No. Um, in his particular room. And the heat alone the was keeping us the from... The heat was yeah. really putting a damper. Stifling. And my anxiety about having to spend the night somewhere was growing, 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 oh, growing. Oh, for sure. I was... I was... I'm ashamed. If Seguin wasn't <laughs> such a sleepy town, then I think we would have been a bit braver. But it was it was nerve-wracking not seeing a lot of movement outside the window and knowing that we were just in that hotel for the entire night. Yeah, when you were on the unrenovated side, you were like, oh my gosh, did I go back in time? You know, this is this is so strange and there's nobody in this town. So we, you know, we went about 4 to 4.30, about as much as we could take to go on the unrenovated side. But while we were over there, <clears throat> I had put one of our recorders on the renovated side just in case. Because, again, we'd read all those signs, Amelia, the strangled person, the suicide victim. So I just set it up. And I was like, okay, if you want to say anything while we're on the other side, go for it. And I didn't think, I didn't expect anything of it. But when we came back, we caught this. And um, I pretty much lost my mind at that point because the first thing I'm thinking of is (laughs) the part of the Conjuring film. My mind goes to that movie often, but the claps, the clapping game. And that's what I heard when I heard that sound to the point where I thought I was not hearing things correctly. I'm like, maybe I'm just, I just have the Conjuring on the brain. Maybe I'm just imagining things. We played it multiple times. And every time, very clear, the claps. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, no one was in the room. We, we locked ourselves in the hotel when we came in the renovated side. We locked the door or closed the door that went into the unrenovated side when we started investigating the old part. I mean, and we were on the other side of the old part of that, walking um, the other part of the hotel. So Yeah. And what you don't hear in the clip is the 30 minutes of silence. Yeah. Because you can't hear us on the other side. You know, the wall between is actually pretty thick. You can't hear anything until that clap. Mm-hmm. And it was right next to it. So something or someone was like, oh, what's this? <laughs> clap, clap. Yeah. Insane. And then on further listening... Same recording um, towards the end of it. I don't know if it's in frustration, but we also heard this. (laughs) 
And at this point, I'm thinking, um, are we investigating the wrong side? <laughs> Apparently we were. <laughs> I mean, it's like they were waiting for us to leave. They're like, we like the AC. What's your problem? <laughs> yeah, we're not going over there, idiots. So hot. I underestimate the power of the <laughs> And we had no idea these things were happening because we're over on the other side sweating and we're looking at everything and hoping something would happen, trying to get Itzy to roll her little ball. And not a thing. Meanwhile, Amelia's on the other side, apparently throwing yeah, a spray and clapping, <laughs> and they're just like, hey. Um, so we came back to the renovated side, tried to cool off. We're like, well, I'm starting to feel guilty that I had dragged them all down there, and um, nothing was happening. So we went into the town. Luckily, there was a place open. What, it's called, what, the saloon? It was a legit saloon. Yeah, that's what I think that's what it was called, too, right? The saloon? It was the saloon. Yeah. And then we had sushi in the saloon, <laughs> yeah, which was which was rather strange, but it was very fitting. Yeah, our bartender was very experience. nice. She was funny. She's like, you know, you can order food and they can deliver it to the bar, and that was really cool. That actually, was really cool. so we did that because I know I was scared for the sun to go down and to go back <laughs> in, um, and I don't think I was the only one. No, because again, this was our first overnight. And we're realizing there is no one around. <laughs> and there is no getting out of it either. I mean, we no. could have left, but we had I mean, It was committed. almost a four-hour drive. Yeah, we were committed. And at that point, I'd had some <laughs> mojitos. And I'm like, dang it, I can't drive now if I even <laughs> wanted to. And they wouldn't let me leave. I tried to leave many times. I was like, look, I can do that. <laughs> and they said, no, you have to sleep. sleep. Um, so, yeah. So, we go back to the hotel. It's not quite dark yet. We're like, okay, let's go back in. Let's try this again. And mind you, remember, we're sweaty and gross. And we're just thinking, well, we're definitely not going to take a bath or take a shower by ourselves. No. So I learned from Janice a term called whore's bath. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'm getting something out of this experience. I am being educated (laughs) about what a whore's bath is. You just wipe all the important parts. And you're good to go. So we took a multiple horse baths. All the good bits. And then we went back in. Yeah. Still wasn't totally dark. But this time we realized, you know, we need to be quieter because we're loud. There's There was four of us this time. We're talking, 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 talking. So we weren't really giving the spirits a chance <laughs> to actually comment on our recordings on the unrenovated side. So we go back over. And we've got our little equipment. And then Janice actually started to have some action in Sam's room. And Sam was a former enslaved person who worked at the hotel. for com- Yeah, for no money, so free. So, yeah, he was a slave yeah, who worked at the hotel. Um, and he was, from all the accounts that we read, he was kind and everyone seemed to, well, decent people seemed to like him. Um, and that's the first time I got a reading on the device I was using. And it actually spiked. And it had done nothing the entire time, walking from room to room. And then when we got to Sam's room, um, I believe I asked a question, but I forgot what it was at this point, And it just starts spiking. And then this was our experience at that moment. Oh. Sam, do you need that? And that's how he's left. He left. 
Do we need our help? Okay, that was weird. Okay, so it kept on going up. And then my EVP said, bring him. And then it said, hurry. And then it, he left. It said left. And it went down to nothing. So he left. So he was here. Or something was here. Because it was a kept on going up. And then... Something's still in here, though. Not me, is it? Is it usually on zero? Yeah, it was on zero the whole house over. And then I got into this room, that's when it started going up to 0.1, 2, 3, 4. It got all the way up to 9, then 1.1. And then it said bring him, and then it hurry, and then left. So Denise caught that um, in Sam's room, and then we went back in shortly after, and I had my little EVP recorder. And since Sam had kind of showed himself to us, there was also a story in his room about him whistling, kind of a whistle while you work type of thing. He was known for whistling. So, I, you know, I was like, well, you know, will you whistle for us? And of course, I couldn't hear anything. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm not going to bother him. But then, upon listening later, we did catch this. Sam, are you sure you don't want to whistle? So that was really cool. Again, yeah. there's no one around. It's just us. The town's deserted at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah there's no is, one in town. They're gone. Um, so then we keep walking around a little bit. And again, this time... I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this recorder down because the floor was very creaky. It was. Which, as it should be, you know, it was legitimate. And I wanted to kind of put it away from all of us and all of our talking and moving around. So there was a room, the salesman lounge? Yes. I I don't know. I guess traveling salesmen and men that had business in town would um, meet in this common area and sit and talk and drink and just hang out for yeah. the evening before going to bed. It was a circle of chairs, so I put it down there, and I was like, okay, if you want to say anything, talk into here, and then I immediately walk away because I was alone, and then I didn't want to go anywhere by myself, so I went back to my friends. And we're all on the other side of the hotel, so away from the salesman lounge. We're like in rooms that are like maybe two or three rooms away, so we're nowhere near the recorder. And this is what we heard. So we're not 100% sure what he says. We have a few theories. And yeah, one of the theories is that he's saying my lady or my lady and then come here. I kind of heard ready. But definitely it's. There were no men anywhere near us. Nope. And Janice's voice can sound deep sometimes, but not that deep. Not that deep. (laughs) I mean, that that was a man's voice. And again, this was approaching dark, and there was nobody. I mean, this hotel is completely isolated. So I don't know. If you guys know what he's saying, feel free to let us know. And let us know if you heard the boots um, 
after the my lady or come here. Yeah, or we were not in there at that time. I just let it sit there for yeah. quite a while, and we had gone. And we left the recorder in different places too. We don't hear our foot. No, in no, Itzy's room when I left it there, nothing. Yeah, we don't hear our steps travel like that. So, I mean, those are distinct steps after the milady or whatever he said. Yeah, we had uh, tennis shoes. Yeah. We were just kind of tiptoeing around because we were all nervous. So, you know, and again, we didn't know any of these things until later on when we had a chance to listen to them. So at this point, again, I'm feeling bad. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've brought them down here. We've all paid some money. These people have thought of an amazing hotel idea. I wish I had this idea where I could get money out of people for staying here. Um, so we just started kind of, we brought that game Medium, which is pretty fun. And we did that. And again, we're all, we are nervous to sleep, even though nothing had happened. We're still like, oh gosh, well, what if something happens while we sleep? So we stay up, we play games. Um, and to entertain herself, Janice, <laughs> we were reading the guest book and we're like, oh my God, these people have had all these experiences. What are they doing? What do they know that we don't? So Janice decides to make some stuff up. <laughs> I was feeling some type of way. <laughs> we had some mojitos. Yes. And so um, I'm just going to read a few things that I left in the guest book. And by the way, let me just say, um, after we explain what happened next, the following morning, I did leave true accounts. I, I did not just. Yes. And this place is legit. And yeah. these owners are amazing and I didn't leave it like this, but I did. I did step by step process, time stamping everything, and by everything I mean all these false claims. So I said, 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. Watch the 2020 Olympics, which we really did. Which we actually really did do. And then 1 a.m. I said, someone whispered, "I want some," and I said, "Go get some." <laughs> 2 a.m. Spoke to Amelia and asked asked if she wanted some popcorn, and she said. Pop this. <laughs> 3 a.m. Fell asleep and heard someone whisper, you must leave. I said, bet. Give me some hours of shut eye and I'll be gone. Peace. <laughs> and then it just got worse. I couldn't stop. And then I jumped. It's like 5 a.m. Like heard a racket behind the John Doe room. Got pissed and shouted, knuckle up or shut up. <laughs> the noise ceased. Life is good. 6 a.m., we departed. Happy trails. So, I mean, I was just looking just for Just kidding a laugh. around. <laughs> just kidding around because we were kind of, again, a little bit jealous that people had had these experiences and wondering, you know, what are we doing here? You know, have we made a mistake? But Molly did say more than once, I might add, that once 12 a.m. hit, things were going to just start popping off. And, and that's what I was so terrified of. I was like, oh my God, they're all going to be asleep and I'm going to be awake. Can we just go home? And in my head, though, I was thinking, <laughs> I don't think so. I doubt it. I doubt it. But she said it more than once. I'm like, maybe not. And they wouldn't not. let me just stay awake because they're like, well, you you drove us. You have to drive home. You have to get some sleep. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hate y'all. So um, we all got in the same bed. Yeah, it was a huge bed <laughs> in our defense. Like, it was massive. Because I was terrified and our friend Melissa was scared. So Safety in numbers, though. Safety in numbers. So even though it was the bed closest to the pink bathroom, which we need to tell that story before. Yes. What happened in the pink bathroom? Okay, so the story of the pink bathroom, and I am paraphrasing many tales that are much more detailed. But um, So the pink bathroom was 
basically a place where this woman, I forgot her name, took baths. I think she was young. She was very young. And the story goes, she was up there to meet with a lover, a boyfriend or something. It's always the way. That's always. And apparently she had received some bad news and the boy that she wanted to meet up with was not coming. Some say he was murdered by her father before he could make it there. Because she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Or she was just straight up jilted because he didn't want to have a child because, like Molly said, she was pregnant. And she was devastated. So she just locked herself in the pink bathroom crying and was just so depressed and down. Um, and I guess it became too much for her. And she... Did she fall asleep in the tub or take medicine? There, that's where like there's that? there's a few different stories. She may have tried to end her pregnancy herself. Yes. She may have otherwise drowned herself or she may have accidentally drowned. Yes. Okay. So, but she did die in that bathtub. And so we were armed with that knowledge before we decided, okay, let's all sleep in this room with yes a big bed but also the same bed that a man was strangled to death in and our headboard is right up against the wall that is the same wall as the pink bathroom right behind us so yeah so um we're gonna include now our friends melissa and wendy our colleagues who came with us on this crazy adventure thank goodness because again safety in numbers I could not have had bookends if there were just two of us, and I would have left if they had not been there helping us. Four of us instead of two of us, um, because for chicken me, chicken Molly, it made me feel <laughs> a million times better. Um, but I want them to share with you guys kind of their impressions of the Magnolia. So, Melissa, how did you feel when we picked you up, or when we asked you to go? Well, okay, so I was preoccupied when y'all asked me to go, and so um, it was my son's birthday party, and we were running around, but I saw it on my watch, and I, I didn't read the whole thing. I saw a girl's trip and the date, um, and so I was like, yeah, I'm in, and I remember there were some other texts going through, and I remember you said, well, I'm, I'm booking who's in, so I just on my watch, I replied, I'm in. So when I went back later to read, I was like, oh, <laughs> we're going to a haunted house. <laughs> I guess I'm in. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I, I do believe in spirits. I don't want to encounter one. And I certainly didn't want to bring the spirit home with me. Yeah, you did your research. Um, so, you know, I, I just didn't take anything with me. I didn't bring a bag. Y'all had a cute little bag. I was <laughs> not going to bring something for my house. Um so yeah, I wore the clothes um, that I stayed in the whole time and, uh, and sweating when we slept together. Yeah, I slept in them too. You bet. Um, any toiletries I brought, I threw away there. Um, and yeah, when I, you know when I got home, I wasn't gonna bring tainted spirit clothes into my house, so I threw away everything, everything, literally everything. You were prepared to burn it, so at least you kind of yes. took it down a little. Yeah. One notch. Yeah. To throwing it away. So <laughs> shoes, undergarments, everything, everything had to go. Yeah. And I, you, I, you survived. I mean, you, you, you were, you were braver than I was, I would say. 
Um, yeah, I, I was pretty calm. You were calm. You know, you calm. I think I was more concerned about, um, I don't know. Other it, humans. I other think humans. It. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of activity outside. It's um, a sleepy little town. Yes. Very dead town. Um, especially after 5 p.m. No one. Um, so I think just the, the little isolated back there, I think that was scarier than that. Yeah, there was a, a car that parked outside of the window, of the outside of the hotel that we could see outside of the window, and the lights were on in the room, so I mean they had to know somebody was staying there, but they stayed. They lingered a long time. A long they time. They lingered. About 30 I, my minutes. car was right there, so I tried to like do my alarm to see, oh maybe they'll maybe they'll go away, but um, you kind of forget you're staying somewhere that's like a historical landmark especially when the car just keeps sitting there and there's no one else around and it's just us. So in a way that was kind of the scariest part um, <laughs> on top of all the other things. But. Well, I texted my husband and I was like, should I just call, should we just call 911? There's just a creepy <laughs> car out front. They've been there a long time. We're the only ones here. And he goes, just tell security personnel. And I was like, where do you think we are? The concierge. <laughs> it's just us. Yeah. <laughs> there's no hotel staff. <laughs> it's just us. I think I realize now the owners were sleeping downstairs, but uh, didn't know that at the time. So definitely felt quite isolated. Well, we never heard or saw them. That's true. Mm -hmm. It was silent. It was, except for the spirit activity. Yeah. Wendy. Yeah. Yes. So I was thrilled to go because I, like Melissa, I believe in spirits and I do want something. I want to see, just, just for confirmation, just see, let me see it, let me hear it. Um, and I was remembering the last podcast that you guys did. We were talking about the uh, English workroom. And so now every time I go in there, I walk in and I leave the light off. I and I walk in and I'm like, good morning. What's going on? You know, it's me. I'm very friendly. Come, come talk to me. You know, every morning or every time I go in there, I leave the light off and I just talk. And I wait and I, I get nothing. You should turn your app on. You I should. I do. Yeah. It goes crazy in there. And the upstairs math workroom is, I think they moved up there since the flood. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I was thrilled to go. I really wanted to see something or hear something or experience it before, you know, just to know. That was pretty cool. I was excited to go. So what was your most memorable experience? Okay, so the most memorable experience happened at the witching hour, right? 3.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. So I woke up to uh, something hitting my head, um, but it was Melissa's arm (laughs) because we were all sleeping in the same king-size bed. So four of us in the same king-size bed. Because of the bookends. We had to have the bookends. Yes, yes. Wendy and Denise Mm -hmm. were our brave bookends. And Melissa and I in the middle, and we would travel like that in a little line, and then we had to make sure we slept. I had to make sure we slept like that, um, and they were willing to sacrifice themselves, and I will forever be <laughs> indebted to them. <laughs> that was funny. So, yeah, so Melissa woke me up touching my head. Yeah, yeah, there was no place to put her. I mean, we're yeah. all like sardines. We were and just sweating. I was just sweating. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. sweating all over. Um, so yeah, that woke me up at about 3.30. And so at that point I was wide awake. So I thought, well, I'm just going to sit here and listen and just see, you know. Um, and then about 15 minutes later, I heard a jingling of the lock. So this is a like a slide lock, like you see in some bathrooms or whatever, the, the lock just slides over. And it was jingling and I was like, oh my gosh. 
And at first, I, did, I didn't think twice about it. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. There's a ghost on the other side. But then I realized that the lock was on our side of the renovated spot where we were. I was like, oh, that's not a good thing. The ghost is on this side of the room. So that kind of scared me a little bit. But I know that's what I heard. And then... Um, I just got goosebumps because I didn't realize you meant the renovated side. Oh, yeah, well, because that's where... The, remember, that's where the lock was. It locked on our side. Right? There definitely was more activity on that side, mm-hmm. it seems like, mm-hmm. than the so other. So that's, that's what freaked because I heard it this. so distinctly. It was so distinct. Just when you can hear that metal on metal, mm-hmm. you know, clanging a little bit. And then, um, so that was, like I said, about 345. And then I um, I heard footsteps right outside of our room. We had the door open. And, um, you know, again, I was listening very intently and heard them kind of go back and forth, back and forth. Um, and then um, we... Uh, and then I heard, okay, so right behind us uh, in our room, there was the, um, I keep forgetting, the pink bathroom. Yes. The pink bathroom. And um, that was like literally right behind my head. So um, there was a tub, probably, I would say like inches away from my head on the other side of the wall. And um, I heard a noise that sounds like when you're getting out of a bathtub or like when you're, you know, moving your hand on tile. So it was like that squeaky sound. Yeah, the skin squeak. Yeah, the skin squeak. And I heard that, and literally that was right behind my head. Um, and then later I find out that Janice was up at about 3.45. She woke up, and she heard those exact same things. She heard the jiggling of the lock, the footsteps, and the, um, the, the tub. But we both thought everybody was asleep, so we didn't know that, you know, I didn't know she was awake and she didn't know I was awake. And then we compared stories later. I and sure enough, we heard that. I actually asleep because I am so glad I didn't hear those things. I heard, the only thing I heard distinctly was soft little footsteps coming into our room. Hmm. And again, I convinced myself I'm not hearing that. Because um, at that point, we still thought, well, you know, there's not much going on. Um, you know, maybe it's just hyped up. But once we got up and compared all those notes mm-hmm. and I listened to the audio and stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, there was so much more going on. But Melissa and I both heard the soft little, definitely on our level, into our room. And I heard them upstairs, too, which there's not an upstairs. I mean, there's an attic, but an attic. You know, that wasn't even mentioned in anything, um, any of the signs or anything. So they were very active at night, definitely. Definitely. And then um, another thing I felt, and I don't know what time this was. It might have been before... Um, 345 or it might have been a little later but um, when we were all laying in bed and you know we would turn and move the bed would move like up and down so whenever you know somebody turned the bed shook up and down a little bit and it was I just made notes in my head because I really wanted to be aware of everything that was going on around me so that I wouldn't you know question or I wouldn't know exactly what was going on but that's what I noticed so I just and it happened multiple times because we were twisting and turning all night long you know I mean it was difficult to find a comfortable spot so the bed was going up and down, and then there was one time where the bed shook from side to side, just very lightly, side to side. So it was a complete opposite direction, but nobody had moved. Nobody turned. Everybody was just still as can be, and the, the bed just moved like three or four times, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And so I was like, okay, that was new. That was a new sensation. That was pretty cool. I'm glad I missed all this. I'm telling you, I would have woken everybody. If I had heard that lot go, I'd be like, pack your bags, mm-hmm. get in the car. I've had enough sleep. We're going. I can't do this anymore. We're leaving at 3 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> I've had enough sleep. I'm sober. I'm sober now. We're going. <laughs> sober now. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're just so glad you guys got to come with us and experience that and protect. It was, it was
was amazing. It was amazing, and I'm so glad that you guys, because y'all are, I don't want to say the experts, but y'all are the, the ones far, that, no. well, but y'all have, you know, done this a couple times here and there, and it was fun to have your knowledge about, you know, everything that was going on. It was so much fun. That was our first overnight, so... Yes, now we learned a lot, you know, now we can actually not be, hopefully, not be too scared to actually set equipment up and videos and just, we were so overwhelmed with just trying to freak out, so. And with all that equipment, not knowing how to use it, you know, right. that was, you know, we didn't know how to use everything, yeah. but, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I wish that we would have gone, like, in the middle of the night, like, you know, midnight or, you know, when it was all dark and not worry about any lights or... I think we did go at midnight. Did we go... We went when it was dark, but we had lights on. We did not go at midnight. But we, we didn't go then. The last we went was dusk. Dusk. That's right. That's right. So we didn't <laughs> go in the pitch dark. No. I wish we would have I that one. I couldn't have. I mm-hmm. couldn't have. And again, if, I think if Melissa and I had woken up and you and Janice had been on the other side, we would have thought you had gone to the literal, like, other side, gone, just, like, portal away, and I would have lost my mind. <laughs> Where'd they go? So it worked out okay. It worked out it okay. It did. It did. Mm-hmm. But we thank you guys so much. Absolutely. And we'll have to do it again. So, yeah. Yeah. Aren't they great? So, I mean, they were awesome. Wendy and I were the official bookends. Um, I... Don't know why I decided that I was going to sleep next to the door. You got so brave. I, like, I really did. I was feeling myself. So um, I was not feeling myself at all. I'm just I slept ashamed. next to the door. The door was open. And I mean... No, why did we leave the door open? I don't recall our I, reasoning for that. I think we just wanted to make sure that our eyes were open to anything just in case. And we, we could hear the TV and feel normal. Feel normal. Because we left the TV on. And so... Um, yeah, I slept by the door, and then when I started hearing all the things, like you heard um, Wendy say, um, it, I don't know. I didn't know what to think. I was just freaked out, and also pretty excited at the same time, underneath all the fear <laughs> mm. that we're actually hearing and experiencing stuff. I yeah. was terrified. I slept literally in Janice's butt, and I was like <laughs> completely content to be there. I kept my eyes squeezed shut. And then we're all hearing these things, and it wasn't until the morning when we compared notes and, you know, Janice and Wendy heard the rattling of the lock. Thank God I didn't hear that. And Melissa and I heard these soft footsteps come into our room. You know, and we didn't know if there's anything above us. Apparently, there's an attic that's pretty spooky. Either way, that's scary, too. And we heard nothing downstairs, but we heard footsteps come into the room, and... That's horrifying, you know, to think about now. And you tell yourself, oh, I'm just imagining that because you're kind of halfway asleep. Oh, nobody else is awake. I'm sure it's fine. But once we compared notes, there was a lot happening after we went to bed. Yeah, I can't see myself going back there for a second stay. That's just not going to be my jam. I'm just not going to be able to. I thought you wanted to go back in there at 3 a.m. Well, I did. No, I wanted to go while we were there the first time. Oh. I was brave enough to actually want to go in there at 3 a.m. But going back again for a new trip and a new stay, I'm not sure if I'd be as brave. Only because I'll be armed with the thoughts of, okay, so that happened, that happened, that happened. And what's in the attic. Yeah, and what's in the attic. And apparently, based on what we've heard from people in the know, after we stayed there. After we stayed there. Um, we don't want to experience what's in the attic. No. We do not. At all. But I would highly recommend it. I mean, it really... If you want to have some real experiences and real evidence, 
everybody became really active at nighttime. So if, if your friends don't make you go to sleep like they did us because I had to drive, you can definitely get some evidence. And if you're brave, you can just really have at it and interact. And If you want to take a power woo. nap, like right when you get there at 4 p.m., because that's the time you can check in, and like take a nap from like 4 to like, well, now that it's almost daylight saving time again. Yeah, it'll get dark. Um, I mean, you can probably take a nap from 4 to 6.30, and by then it'll be dark. And you can start investigating from that time forward. But apparently, even when it was dark, we did not start experiencing anything until midnight. But that next morning, though, they wanted us to know that they were there. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there, there, there were a lot of things going on, but I don't think they fully trusted us until the next morning. Oh, yeah. After the next, yeah, after the night and we got through all that, they're just like, well, I guess we can just do whatever. Yeah, where are you guys going? <laughs> <laughs> Stay with us. Having a good time, right? Uh, but thanks, you guys. It's so good to be back. Please keep coming to our sites, our Instagram, Normal Paranormal, our Facebook page, Normal Paranormal, our Twitter, Normal Paranormal, and look for our new merch on Redbubble, Normal Paranormal Store. And we'll put some photos up of the different t-shirts and things like that. Since it's spooky season, yeah. certainly you want some spooky attire and just, you know, have fun with us. Um, next time, Janice and I and my older daughter <laughs> um, are going to the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which I've seen in many places is one of the most haunted hotels in America. Mm -hmm. So hopefully... We'll again be brave. <laughs> yes. And we'll have some things definitely to share with you guys. And you can still send us your stories. You can message us on any of those places. We welcome it. But in the meantime, stay, stay here, here or, or go, go to the light, light but, but you, you can't, can't come, come with, with us. us. Bye. Bye, guys. Where's your wand? <laughs> I underestimate the power of this heat every time I come over here.